0: Do you listen to things as much as beings? Do you hear your ancestors in the rustling of trees? Do you hear their whispers in the cries of a baby? Do you feel their embrace in a warm breeze? Here in this place, we know that the founders of our church literally built this place. We know that their sweat and tears, their hopes and fears are physically here with us, in the mortar holding this place together. But most often, we do not have the physical presence of those who have gone before us, and still, there is something that remains with us. Even without a single physical remnant of those who have touched our lives and died, they are with us still. Death calls us to let go of the physical. It's a very harsh reminder that everything in the physical world perishes or is lost or cannot be held on to forever. Loss reminds us in no uncertain terms of the impermanence of life. When it truly hits us that we will no longer see a loved one's face, hear their laughter, feel the touch of their hand. When it truly hits us what we have lost, there is nothing to do but grieve and let go. Let go of the business that may feel unfinished between you. Let go of the regrets and the grievances. Let go of the expectations and hopes for what is to come. Let go of their physical presence in your life. It's not easy. And yet, they are with us still. In the words of our responsive reading, the lives they lived hold us steady. Their words remind us and call us back to ourselves. Their courage and love evoke our own. They are everywhere around us. They live within us. Knowing this, I am sometimes buoyed up. I know that I stand on the shoulders of some incredible people. There's an old metaphor that can be traced as far back as the 12th century, but that was most famously quoted by Isaac Newton. He said, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants." The full metaphor depicts dwarves standing on the shoulders of giants and refers to the ways in which modern advances and intellectual breakthroughs are not possible without understanding and using the research and breakthroughs of the past. I appreciate the metaphor for its humility. Even those of us who are sheer genius would not be able to break new ground and create new ideas without those who have broken ground before us and created the ideas on which our ideas are based. That this is just the way of things certainly takes off the pressure, some of the pressure on me or you to be sheer genius all of the time. I know that in my sermonizing, all I am doing is weaving a new tapestry out of other people's ideas. All I am doing is trying to make some new presentation of what has been created by the giants of times gone by, from the ancient scriptures to more recent songwriters and poets. If once in a while I come up with some beautiful turn of phrase, it was probably influenced by some literature I read in my youth, yet don't remember. I am merely a dwarf standing on the shoulders of giants. And what giants we have in our faith tradition. From Michael Servetus, who was martyred for his non-Trinitarian Christology in Geneva in 1553 to King John Sigismund of Transylvania, who enacted the first law of religious tolerance, the Edict of Torda, in 1568, to Olympia Brown, who was the first full minister to be ordained in the United States in 1863, to Joseph Fletcher Jordan, the third African American to be ordained in the Universalist Church of America, who in 19. who also ran a school for black children when they were excluded from public schools. Just to name a few of those on whose shoulders we stand. And in my life, I stand on the shoulders of my ancestors. I know that my life has been affected in many ways by those who have come before me. From my ancestor, Richard Warren, who traveled across the sea on the Mayflower to the many women on both sides of my family who went to Mount Holyoke College when it was still completely radical for a woman to seek an education, to my grandfather, Reverend John Cartmel, who studied under the likes of Reinhold Niebuhr and others at Union Theological Seminary and pastored churches in New York, Missouri, and Delaware, just to name a few again. My story could not be as it is without those who have paved my way. Reverend... Kim Crawford Harvey, a Unitarian Universalist minister in Boston, said, writes The very best thing we can do, both in grieving and supporting others in their grief, is to articulate the ways in which the one who has been lost to us will be carried forward in our lives. This is the great challenge of life in the face of loss. Can we make our lives altars to our dead? And so through our lives, give them life. Who lives on in you, she asks. In small part, when I am patient, funny, generous, when I tell stories or talk about the weather, when I am kind, especially to children or elders, when I love without condition, my grandfather lives on in me and among us, and my grief gives way to joy. So may it be for us all. May our grief give way to joy. Standing on the shoulders of giants can also feel like a responsibility. Because it is one. Those who died fighting the battles of justice cannot continue their struggles. We must do it for them. Those who died with dreams unfulfilled leave it to us to achieve them. There are so many visions of those who have died that linger here, unreached, that beckon us to work for them. The dreams of this church's founders continue to compel us to nurture this beloved community. The dreams of our Unitarian Universalist and Unitarian Universalist forebears call us to action A few years ago, a friend of mine died in a tragic car accident. She was 21. She'd just graduated in three years from Boston University. She was a lifelong UU and was completely devoted to youth and young adult ministries. In the face of such tragedy, her parents' response was to continue her legacy. They knew her dreams. She was quite free with sharing them, though her dreams for her life died with her her dreams for the world and for our faith can live on. So her parents created a memorial fund with the Youth and Young Adult Office, Ministries Office at the UUA to support this work and that their daughter held so dear. Grants are now given in her name to support dynamic and meaningful youth and young adult ministries across this country. In this way, her dreams live on. She lives on. They are with us still. Unitarian Universalist Minister Reverend David Takahashi Morris writes, We are each other's immortality. Each of us is a skein of lives stretching forward and backward in time, connecting everyone we have known, everyone they have known, and everyone who will come after us. We carry each other back from the threshold of life and death. Some part of those we loved is gone forever. But some part is ours to hold and to make real in the world. We are all woven together by this truth. So the question seems to be, what are you called to do? by those on whose shoulders you stand. What work is yours to do for them? What dreams can you make a reality? And then, what do you wish your legacy to be? For it is how you live now that will determine what lives on of you when you are gone. Those who will stand on your shoulders will continue your work, will dream your dreams. What do you wish to leave for them? This call to action might not seem quite as hard when you remember how far you've been lifted by those who've come before you. The shoulders on which you stand are strong and solid. They lift you so high sometimes that you can see clear over the mountains that might stand in your way. They support you. They remind you of what an impact each of our lives can make in this world. They call you forward to create a more beloved community, a more just world, a place where all of the dreams of yesterday become the realities of tomorrow and today. May it be so. Amen.